Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. Good to have you with us, whether you're watching on the live stream or listening later, always good to have you with us. We're on about episode number 507 now, so getting through them, cracking on, and very happy to say um, we're joined by the Chief Executive of Leicestershire County Cricket Club today, Sean Jarvis. Sean, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, James. It's a real privilege to be on, Um, delighted and, and looking forward to it. I've seen a few of the questions on Twitter, so... Hopefully, I can answer all of those. See, that's cheating. That's cheating, really. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll let you get away with that one. Let's get straight into the questions because I've got quite a few for you here. Jacob, um, he's been in touch with us on the uh, on the tweets. He says, um, "How did you get into cricket and this job? Because um, you were appointed at Leicester. Was it March 2020? You got the job? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, uh, I, I'm a Leicester lad. I was born and bred in Leicester, uh, but I moved up to Yorkshire when I was 18. Studied up in uh, in Yorkshire there, in Leeds, which I'm sure we'll come to at some point. So you, um, came, you, you came to the bright side then. <laughs> and and my, my dad, my dad was a huge cricket man. Uh, he was a second-class umpire uh, down here in Leicester and, and well-regarded. Um, so he kind of got me into cricket when I was a young kid. And in fact, uh, Grace Road it was the very first sports ground that I came to. So in the, the days of Brian Davison, Roger Tolchard and, and co. And I used to sit here while he kind of went off and chatted to the, the committee room and used to watch the games and, and loved it and fell in love with, with cricket then. But then when I moved to Yorkshire, studied up there, I then started gravitating in uh, sport in my career. So I, I, I'd spent 10 years in uh, the advertising industry in the late 80s, um, which is great, great fun, real 
uh, exciting time, lots of red braces and big mobile phones and all that sort of thing. Um, but I was involved in, got myself involved in uh, the, the shifting of rugby league from a, uh, a winter sport to summer sport. I then did a bit of work around the Premier League. Uh, I then spent seven years working with Oldham Athletic. Um, and then 15, prior to coming to back to, to Leicester, 15 years spent at Huddersfield Town, which was a great time. And I was involved in taking the club from League One, as it was then, into, into the Premier League. Over 25, nearly 30 years of sports marketing. Um, and I, um, I then was seeing what was kind of happening at Leicestershire in that period I was at Huddersfield Town. And um, I, I was really saddened to sort of see this, this gradual decline of the club. Um, so I then got approached uh, by one of the board directors here, sort of saying, would you like to be a non-exec director? So I said, look, I can give you a year of my time to try and help use my experience to try and guide it. Uh, as best I can from my sort of perspective, my my experience that I picked up over those thirty years. So I came down for a year and and sort of offloaded some of the the knowledge that I'd got. And then there were a few changes at the club, and the chair at the time, a, a lady called Mahmouda Duke, she she approached me and said, "Look, we want you to be the chief exec." And because it's my hometown club, and and coming back to my dad who uh, has been passed away for 20, 20 years now, his ashes are actually scattered out there at Grace Road, wow. at the square leg. I, I remember me and my family scattered, so he haunts me every single night. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of come back home to try and turn around the fortunes of the club, and and that's what we're doing. We're, we kind of press the reset button during COVID and, and trying to re- rebuild it with along with Paul Nixon, Claude Henderson, the staff here, etc. So a lot of work to do, but I think we're heading in the right direction. You are listening to the Cricket Badger podcast. I've seen you quoted as saying it's kind of in your DNA. And obviously with your dad's kind of presence at the ground every day, I mean, I guess you care, don't you? Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, for me, that that's, that's it really. I, I've, um, Knocking on the best part of I'm closer to sixty than I am fifty. Put it that way. Um, and yeah, you know, I want to use the experience that I've picked up to my hometown club. So this for me is kind of a little bit, I guess, in my swan song to try and, and make it successful and really put it on the right kind of path. And hopefully, we can pick up a bit of silverware along the way. How long I'm going to be here for? I don't know. I, I've always sort of said. The, the moment that I believe staff don't need me, that's the time I can walk away. You know, when that will be, who knows? Um, but here and now, I'm giving it all I can to try and turn around the fortunes of the, of the club room. What kind of things, Sean, can you take from rugby league, football and some of the other places you've been into cricket? Because cricket's a kind of fairly peculiar sport in a way, but it's... Yeah, I guess a lot translates across business to business and sport to sport. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, sport at the end of the day is about one team versus another, or one individual versus another, and winning that 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 competition, if you like. So it's 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 
not that different, you know, in terms of uh, finances. Yeah, the Premier League is is a, a quantum leap from where cricket is, uh, and you know, a top earning um, a top earning cricketer at county level would be two days salary for a, a professional footballer in the Premier League. So it's, it is it is different in that sense. But at the end of the day, it's all about uh, winning. Uh, it's an entertainment business. And, and what I saw a lot of in football was that people have these big attitudes. And at the end of the day, we're in an entertainment business. We're here to entertain people. We're not saving lives by creating heart surgery. So come down off your peg and, and, and get stuck into what you've got to do. And, and I think for me, that's what we're trying to do here at Leicestershire is, is, you know, create a proper entertaining business that, that is a winning culture. I, I learned an awful lot from David Wagner when he came mm. to, uh, to Huddersfield and uh, his, his, his attitude and his whole ethos around how sport should, should work was brilliant. And I'm trying to bring that, a little bit of that to, to, to hear at, uh, at Grace Road. So, um, you know, you know what, having spent 30 years in, in sport, you know what good looks like. And it's no real different. Yeah, I, I do think cricket is incredibly challenging because you've got three stroke, four different formats. Mentally, it's incredibly tough. You know, the guys are out there for four days uh, and the game can chop and change and, Mentally, you've got to be on it. So there are those little nuances. But at the end of the day, you do know what uh, good looks like. And I think, for me, cricket needs to improve its professionalism a bit more. Um, you know, and I think football, what I've seen in football, they are more technologically advanced. They've got those kind of finances behind them that allow them to do that. But I, I do think cricket is starting to catch up. I think it's starting to come through. So um, so who knows? You know, I think over the years it will improve and, and, and we will get better. I often think, Sean, because as you know, I, I worked at Yorkshire for a bit and kind of communication side of stuff. And I, I think if you believe in what you're trying to get across and you're enthusiastic about it, that takes you a long way, doesn't it? And that you strike me as somebody that has that, you're ticking those boxes at Leicester. Yeah, definitely. It becomes infectious, doesn't it? And I think as long as you have the right people around you that believe in that vision, believe how to deliver that vision, you know, sometimes they may get a bit confused or not quite understand it. But as long as you can come back to that and have that that single vision that this is what we want to achieve and, and, and how we get there and how quick we get there is down to the people. And... You know, one thing that I've seen in, in uh, sports clubs and uh, businesses, having dealt with them over the years, is that if you've got that vision at the top and that belief at the top with the general and the people around it, the rest follow suit. You know, people who buy into that vision will stay with the business and stay with the club. Others that don't, they will disappear. And I think that that becomes incredibly powerful when you have that, that collective belief that you can actually achieve something. And when I was at Huddersfield, we talked about it being terrier spirit. And that, is, is, it's interesting, I bumped into 
the old chairman, who's now back as chairman uh, recently, and he's brought that back. And it counts for an awful lot. And I think it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It, it takes a while. It took us four, five, six years to create that, that terrier spirit. But when you get it and the stars align, it becomes very, very potent and very, very powerful. And I think that's where we're kind of headed. Credit to Derbyshire. I saw a little bit of Derbyshire uh, have that kind of spirit uh, with Mickey Arthur, um, at, at, you know, when they played as recently. So credit to them. And I think we've got to create our own DNA, our own vision, our own desire, our own passion to, to sort of drive the club forward. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. When I was working in Yorkshire, about 2008, I had an idea that we should have posters. Because I'd seen, you go into a pub toilet and you see the Sky posters about the football matches that are coming up over the next week. And I was thinking, you know, if you get Jim and Fred and they're having a game of pool on a Friday night and they say, oh, we're off next week, what are we going to do? You want to put cricket in front of their faces. Nobody at Yorkshire wanted to invest any money in that. But I've seen you've done something very similar to that. You've also had the 4,000 free tickets thing, which I saw last week. Jason sent in the question, um, after donating 4,000 free tickets, how do you think um, other clubs can replicate such an idea? How do you target that to the people that you're looking to try and attract and how do you get them to come back in again after they've been once but all of that all of these kind of things to me they're not rocket science these things these are quite simple things that you're doing but they're obvious and they're very sensible yeah very simple very straightforward and i think i think you can't just do it once you've got to keep going and keep you know it's this constant drip feed sustained approach of how you attract people get people involved get them engaged and, you know, it's not, again, it's not a flick of a switch, not a silver bullet. It's many silver bullets that you've got to fire. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, I'll support your county initiative. Uh, I'll, I'll let you into a secret. Um, I, I, I posted out a message to all the counties, said, look, I'm going to do this. Is anybody up for doing it over a space of two weeks so that every county gets an opportunity to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes a bit of a national initiative. Not one person came back to me, which is which is sad. It does However, surprise me. Yeah, I kind of went, well, look, we're going to do it. We're going to do it anyway. And I've actually been genuinely surprised by the traction that it that it's caused. How successful it will be, we will see uh, when we play Sussex. But uh, what what I would hope is that we can actually report back on that success. And hopefully with the support of the ECB and other, and other counties, then they actually go, do you know what? Let's do those two weeks, whenever it is, in April, May, or whenever the schedule allows, 
that's dedicated that we all give away a thousand, four thousand, ten thousand, whatever tickets it is, to try and get new audiences into tasting county championship cricket. Why wouldn't we do that? It's simple, it's straightforward, it, it's it's not rocket science. So go for it, go for it. And, and by just li- literally getting a, a bum on a seat, um, giving them a good experience, who knows, that they then become a lifetime fan of the club and the values of that are brilliant. So I, I, I'm kind of very passionate with the Cricket Supporters Association and County Cricket Matters is why don't we try and create this as a national initiative across two weeks that all counties get involved and back it? Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, who knows? But we'll, we're going to have a good go and we'll see what happens. How we distribute those tickets is, is through our commercial and company uh, and, and um, uh, community teams so that we've encouraged them to sort of go to the businesses, the partners, the organisations out there and sort of say, here you go, here's tickets for the Sussex game. So for tonight, for example, I'm off to an iftar, first time ever that I, sh- I shall be there, and it's with uh, a local radio station over here. Um, I shall take a bunch of tickets and sort of say, here you go, try it. You know, mm. Spread them amongst your network and, and see what happens. If people come along, enjoy the game, brilliant. We might have another... Leicestershire member next year. Who knows? Well, out of the 4,000, you only need one, don't you? And it's a success. Um, I, used, I always used to think as well, Sean, that after the T20s, because that's a different audience you sometimes get for T20s, um, I suggested at Yorkshire, get people on the gates, give out leaflets when they're leaving, say, come back and see us next week when we're playing the championship. And if you've enjoyed it today, come back and sit in the sun for a day. But that was never brought up either. Yeah, that's a shame, because that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Um I mean, me personally, I think the scheduling needs to change a little bit. But um, you're dead right. You know, it's that. Give them an experience. They'll come back. Like Fan Zone. We're we're introducing a Fan Zone here at uh, Grace Road for the T20s and maybe the the 50 overs. So we're going to try one or two things. And if you look at football clubs like Liverpool, Man City, Crystal Palace, you know, my old club, they all do Fan Zones. And they're incredibly successful. And yes, it's slightly different because it's cricket versus football. But why won't we do that? Why won't we try something like that where there's food, there's a bit of music, a bit of uh, entertainment. Kids can have a bit of play. We're looking at PlayStation areas. So there's something more. There's a whole experience around the T20, T20 days. So so we're going to try it, see what happens. And I've always sort of said one of our phrases is the Academy of Cricket. And that doesn't mean just about the players coming through. It means about us always learning every single day to get better, to, to eventually have sellout crowds here at the ground. That's, that's what we want. So we learn all the time to try and attract new audiences. How, how conscious are you of the tag that particularly championship cricket has got of being one man and his dog and that kind of dismissive kind of that. But how conscious are you of the online and that kind of virtual audience that you have, especially with the streams these days, the fantastic streams around the county game, um, people following Crick Info, people listening to BBC Radio. You know, the, the people you see in the ground are only the kind of tip of the iceberg, aren't they, really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we... We get about uh, 500, 600 a day during the county championship games. I'd love that to be 5,000. Uh, but 
but we understand work days and all that sort of thing. Great that people are tuning in to um, to the streams. You know, I know a lot of people around the world who are Leicester fans that, that tune in, which is mm. which is brilliant. Um, for me, nothing better than sport seeing it live. I think that's the thing. And if the stream again can be used in a way to generate more people coming, brilliant. You know, there's nothing better. Um, and so, so for me, I think it's it's a good thing. Long may it continue. Our numbers seem to be increasing around the world. Uh, I'm pretty sure when we play India, um, our stream will go through the roof. Um, but but yeah, it's great. But I think all the time we have to promote the. There's no better experience. Great watching it on stream, but there's no better experience than watching it live uh, at a ground. I presume somebody in your marketing department is trying to sell an advert for that game, are they? For the yes, stream? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they're not, they are now. Put it that way. <laughs> um, going back to kind of, I mean, that perception of county cricket um, being not watched and unloved and uh, kind of marginalised to a degree. I mean, I, I, I set up at Oppose the 100 because I when, I when the 100 came in, I was yeah. quite um, scared because although I'm a Yorkshire fan, I've yeah. had many a happy day at Worcester and at Grace Road and at Northampton at you know these so-called smaller clubs, and I don't want to see them disappear. I want to see eighteen continue, you know, and to see them thrive and to see them go on into the future and us to build cricket off the back of that. Because to me, Sean, the more clubs you have, and I know you're actually in favour of actually having more than eighteen, but yeah. the more clubs you have, England, England's not a massive country. England and Wales not a massive country, but it's a population, dense population centres, and you want to try and spread the tentacles of the game around the, you know, all, all of the country. And as soon as you start taking clubs away, you leave kids in some counties that have got maybe two or three counties between them and their county club. And if you've got a choice, and kids have got a lot of choice now, you're not going to travel 150 miles to play cricket when you can travel five miles and play football or something else. To- totally, totally agree. And I think, um, you know, I- I- I'm an advocate for, and I've said I've said this publicly, that we should be having more cricket teams. You know, why wouldn't you have a, you know, if they wanted to, to-, to-, to get involved, a Devon uh, as part of the first-class counties, why wouldn't you have a Lincolnshire? Brilliant. You know, if, if they can provide that, um, that those areas, those geographies that, that build, that get more people involved in in cricket. Why why wouldn't you do that? And I think just just to jump in there, I, I actually I come from Lincolnshire. Um, I, yeah, I grew up as a kid in Lincolnshire as a cricket fan. I used I got into cricket because my um, grandma, when she was alive, took me down to Canterbury when I was a kid. Uh, and watch the Canterbury Cricket Week. And then I spent most of the summer pestering my dad to drive me to Scarborough or to Trent Bridge or somewhere, which was a long, long way away. If yeah. I'd had count, you know, first-class cricket on my doorstep, I'd have been there every day. There you go. And, uh, I think that demonstrates exactly what we should be doing, really. And, and the more cricket we can play, the better. I, 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 you know, the more geographic spread, the better. The bigger the pool talent will actually feed through. Um you know, I think it's incredibly dangerous if there is ever, and, and God forbid this ever happens, that they reduce the first-class counties down to a franchise or... Um, well, I mean, that was one of the questions that well, came in from um, Ted. 
How does it make you feel as the CEO of Leicestershire when people like Aggers, who's a, <laughs> an ex-Leicestershire player, yeah. um, KP, who probably would not have played certainly cricket in this country had there not been 18 counties and there'd been the opportunities for him, and other people suggesting that we, we take it down to 12. And when you ask people which of the six we're going to get rid of, Leicestershire are already always in that, that sentence. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're always one of those clubs that's kind of mentioned in nine times out of ten, usually the first. But I'll tell you now, not on my watch. Um, I will fight tooth and nail uh, if if anybody ever suggested suggested that. But um, well, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you, Ashley, I'll come and lie in front of the bulldozer with you. Yeah, you're dead right, absolutely <laughs> right. Um, now, for me, it breaks my heart to hear somebody like Jonathan Agnew sort of say that the club should be reduced, especially when he was such a, a legend here and we gave him everything that we could give him here, you know, to develop his career. And, and look, we, we've got another superstar coming through, you know, our under-19 who mm-hmm. we've just announced, Ray and Ahmed. He, 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 he's desperate to play for England under wearing a Leicestershire badge. You know, that, that for me is what it's all about. He came from a state school. He wants to play for Leicestershire. He's now been rewarded with a contract. He's, he's, you know, a long-term contract. We're so excited. And for us, that is what we want. We want more he, and more. He's one of the few players who's moved from Nottinghamshire to Leicestershire and not the other way around, isn't he? I, I would hope there's more to come. You never know. So, <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. But I, I do think as well that, you know, we are... We, we, we're not um, – it's partly our fault because we've got to get better as a business. We've got to run our operation in the right way. We've got to be – look after our players, the players that we want. We, we've got to develop in the right way. We've got to um, grow as a business so that we get stronger and stronger. And that has to apply to all the first-class counties. You know, they have to get better at how they run their business. Um, and I think if they can do that, then cricket will prosper as well. So, you know, you can't, uh, it'd be very easy, very easy to sit back in a chair and just accept, oh, we'll play cricket. You can't do that. You know, cricket has to get stronger. And we've got to look at how we invest, how we develop as a business, you know, our ground, how we generate income that can then be reinvested into, into the club. And that's what we want to do, you know, and, even little things like technology, developing technology that we can bring into the game. My name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Difficulty cricket has which football doesn't have and some of the other sports don't have, team sports, is that you're serving two masters to a degree as a county club, aren't you? You're trying to be there for the ECB and for the England national team to produce players that, if you get them good, they go off and disappear and probably don't play for you very often. Yeah. Um, and you're also trying to serve your supporters and your fan base and your members. Um, and that's they're, they're almost conflicting, aren't they? Yeah, it's a challenge. That, that's, a, that's a real challenge, you know, what... What's your purpose? What's your niche within cricket? What What is it you, you want to do? And I think, yeah, you're right. We've got to be a business. We've got to develop players. Um, we've got to generate income. We've got to reinvest. We've got to get better. Um, but by the same token, you've got to create... Our, our desire has got to be able to create 
um, England players. You know, that's where it's going to come from. So, so you are, you're right. But there are two good, there are two good reasons to actually try and develop your business. And you, you've got to accept that. that. That's the nature of the game, Rob. Everything's really binary at the minute, especially on social media. Um, but there seems to be two very distinct camps when it comes to this discussion. And it's a, a regular discussion at the moment on social media about the England national team. Often comes off the back of a Nash's defeat. But what are we going to do about getting England's test team stronger? Obviously, Rob Key's gone in there as the director of cricket. There's other vacancies to fill. But um, there seems to be some people who, and, and I'm one of them, who suggest, um, you know, get the county stronger, build on what we've got. You know, the more players, the more opportunities, the better cricket's going to get. And if you market cricket to people that aren't currently playing it, if you bring in people from ethnic backgrounds and stuff who are at the moment a little bit marginalised, then that actually makes the game stronger. So that's the way to go. Other people are suggesting, Sean, that there are too many professional cricketers at the moment. The, the standard of county cricket isn't good enough. The jump to international cricket is too big. Um, I imagine you're in my camp there, but how would you argue against people suggesting that a Leicestershire doesn't have a place in the county scene because they're not strong enough, the players aren't good enough, and it's actually just diluting the product? Yeah, of course, I uh, I totally disagree that that Leicestershire uh, is not strong enough. Far from it. You know, I I I'm, can look at my academy, and I know there are two or three that I'm really really excited about. That are going to come through, and one of them, as you've seen, has played in the Under-19 World Cup, and I, and I think he's going to be a superstar for England in, in years. He, he didn't just play it; he lit it up, didn't he? He was fantastic. Oh, unbelievable! And and you know, he's a great player. He's got a lot to learn, and and Leicestershire will deal with him carefully, develop him carefully, turn him into um, you know what we believe to be an England cricketer. Um, you know, we're under the the. the jurisdiction of uh, Paul Nixon, Claude Henderson, Jigganake, all those people, uh, Dips Patel here, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll develop him, what we believe to be in, into uh, a proper England cricketer. But yeah, I mean, for, for me, it, it's bottom up and top down. From bottom up, what I mean by that is uh, what I see, we have to improve our business operations within cricket. So first-class counties have to get better. I do see a lot of weaknesses when I compare it to the likes of football. Football clubs are really at the sharp sharp end of business decisions. And I think sometimes that's because owners of the businesses, they will put in £10,000, £50,000. It costs them that much a week. So their minds are incredibly focused. In cricket, we're kind of run by members. So boards are not actually losing hard cash. Um, their dedicated time. So maybe there is a bit grayer thinking. That said, I, I, I do believe that from the bottom up, we can improve, all of us, all the first-class counties can improve to get better and better at how we run our businesses. Now, whether that's coaching, you know, for example, um, we brought in a nutritionist. Um, nothing rocket scientist about it, but our players now eating better than they've probably ever done before. So our professionalism uh, on the cricket side of our business is only going to improve over a period of time. And that's us as a business trying to do that. Commercially, we can get better, like you sort of said there, like leaflets or whatever it is as people exit the gates, getting to come in, initiatives, all those 
all those sorts of things. If we continue to do all those bits and pieces, then from the bottom up, the, the, the standards of the game will naturally rise. That, that, that's going to happen. From the top, uh, from the top down, I equally believe that we should be far more investing far more in technology and um, becoming even more professional, trying to find those marginal differences that you know the likes of David Brailsford and all those people kind of talk about. We should bring that into cricket. It does exist, and I know it works at the, the top level because we're close to Loughborough. But um, you know, we need to do more of that. We need to work harder. Um, you know, and I think look at look at other countries and how they do it. The Australian mentality, fabulous, you know. And I think we've got to learn. If you look at people like Man City, um, they, as I understand it, they have a a tent um, that can control the climate. So if Man City are drawn against uh, a team in, in uh, you know in Poland where the temperatures are minus five. They can train inside that tent at minus five, so the bodies become climatized. Um, equally, if they play a, a team south of France, they can then climatize the, the conditions so that it's a, so it's those little marginal differences. So, so if you're if you're going to Durham in the first week in April, you can set it to minus five. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly, you know, I wear four jumpers, you know. But um, but I give you I give you a little one that that I learned from David Wagner, which was really interesting. So when Huddersfield Town had a game on, say, a Tuesday night at 7.45 kickoff, the light would be very different. So what he used to do, all his training schedules would then shift to, to accommodate that timescale. So the players wouldn't be coming in at nine o'clock in the morning. They'd be coming later on in the day and training so that their eyes and their mentality then starts to uh, align with the game at um, 7.45 on the Tuesday night. So even little things like that can make a huge difference. And I think that's where cricket's got to go. It's got to try and work out those differences. Um, Easier said than done, I know, but um, it's little things like that, those marginal differences that we we can improve on from the bottom and from the top. Things, things like that you don't think about until somebody t- says it and then you think that's actually really sensible isn't it it's just you know it's like when you see people on dragon's den and they come in with something really really easy um but it's very investable because it's so obvious one of the things i often see with people who are sort of the counter argument to us i guess yeah. um is what do you know a team like leicestershire you wouldn't survive without the ecb handouts as they call them what would be your reaction to that yeah, right here, right now, I wouldn't argue with them. Um, and we, uh, like a lot of the clubs, will rely on the ECB, ECB support. Um, and and to, to a degree, that's the same in football. Would uh, Fleetwood Town uh, or Halifax Town produce a Jamie Vardy without the support of, of the FA and the, 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 all that sort of funds from, from that game? And I think that's what we've got to do. We, we've got to try and reduce our dependency on the ECB, of course. But again, that comes back to being a bit more sophisticated and intelligent in our business systems and how we approach things. But, uh, you know, I, I, do like, I do like the concept of leagues. You know, I, I, I think it may have been Rob Key that talked about two divisions and, and then a top division. Now, I like that. You know, I think that's, that's great. Competition is healthy. Um, and, and if people talk about having an elite, yeah, great, Premier League. 
you know, and Jamie Vardy went through that process. He he went from, as I say, Halifax, Fleetwood, uh, Leicester City. So um, you know, there's there's, there's no nothing hard, nothing wrong in that. You just got to be competitive in that league and make sure you're competitive in the league to win that league. So somebody I saw on Twitter this morning actually came up with something I'm not actually thought about comparing that ECB handout subsidy argument to football, saying, "Well, Leeds United, my team." Currently, what, 16th in the Premier League, somewhere around there. Not had a great season. Um, but the um, they, they'll get the hand, they'll get a cut of the TV money. Yeah, they haven't won anything. They're not, you know, they're producing an England player and Calvin Phillips, I guess, but they've not won anything. And yet they're still getting paid for being in that division and being a football club in, in that um, at that level, aren't they? So on that basis, the 18 first-class counties, there's nothing different. And the, the another thing I always think, Sean, as well with that, I hate that term, the handout subsidy tag to it, because to a degree um, and to varying degrees, the, the 18 counties work with the ECB, work for the ECB, provide players for the ECB, and it's almost like a payment for that service as well. Correct. It, it's absolutely right. And 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 I think it's then how the clubs use that payment to develop its business. Mm. You know, and each year goes by it should try and improve to then reduce its dependency on that handout or payment, however you want to describe it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. That for us is not necessarily, we don't see it as keeping us alive. We actually see it as investment in the club to develop those players like Ray and Ahmed, you know, that you know, Harry Swindles, Ben Mike, that are kind of coming through. There, that's what, well, that's what it's about. But by the same token, we can't rely on that. You cannot just sit back and go, right, we'll take the money, thank you very much. We have got a duty to develop our business that means that, that the dependency on that is reduced. Paul on Twitter, he, he well, it's more of a comment from Paul. Um, I know you saw this, but he says, as a visiting supporter this week, it was last week actually when he wrote this, he would like to thank your staff who were very, very helpful. I guess that's nice to hear as well. But And like in all businesses you're the chief executive you're at the top of the tree but you've got some staff underneath you who are working the socks off to make it all happen dead right they're, they're, they're the ambassadors of the club so when i hear that kind of uh feedback it's brilliant absolutely brilliant by the same token you know on some social media say had a bad experience and you can't be afraid of that you've got to then grab that and, and try and work out well how do we make it better you know our, our cake here at Leicestershire is renowned. Our, um, our food in the Charles Palmer suite is regarded as one of the best. And that, you know, there, there's two little standards. So, right, let's get the cricket standards higher. Let's get the commercial standards higher. And we, 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 we call something Gold Fox standards. So our, our emblem is a running fox. Uh, it's red, um, which is great. We actually say, right, we want our staff, uh, whether that be uh, Lewis Hill out in the middle of the pitch or um, Hannah Bradford in the, the catering operation, to, to deliver Gold Fox standards. And we've got to challenge ourselves to say, is that Gold Fox standards? And if it's not, right, let's make it Gold Fox standards. And I think by doing that, then again, the standards of your business just increase and hopefully that generates more income. So... So hearing things like that, that tells me, brilliant, we're hitting Gold Fox standards, but you've got to sustain it. Champions about sustainability, not one-off hits. 
Another question um, from Ted. Have Leicestershire done anything differently since the Azim Rafiq DCM, DCMS hearing and the fallout in terms of the racism and cricket stuff at Yorkshire? But it's obviously, you know, not confined just to Yorkshire. In terms of inclusivity, I mean, obviously Leicester is incredibly multicultural. Obviously, you represent the entire county and there'll be different levels of ethnicity throughout. But um, it, it seems to be a hotbed and a real opportunity for the game and an opportunity for your club. Absolutely. And there is, there is a wind change going through the game. And, and I think, yeah, it was very uncomfortable, wasn't it? At sort of going through that process and seeing all those uh, uncomfortable comments that, that were made. But there is positivity coming out of it. And that's what I think is now beginning to happen. There's still an awful lot of work to be done. Uh, and, yeah, I can give you... Um, something that we're doing here at Leicestershire. It's prompted, it's prompted me to create a position here at the club. And I'm pretty sure we're probably the first. I may be, I may be wrong uh, on that one, but I'm pretty sure we're the first, where we are having a community, an EDI, exclusive, you know, um, Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Officer, Director, so who will oversee our whole community department. So, you know, that is, is a completely new position. And I want that person to really not just necessarily deliver programs of, of cricket, but actually be really get integrated with the community um, and be part of the community. I, I, I'll do my bit. I can only do so much because I've, I've got a million and one other things to do. But, you know, the remit of that individual will be, will be, to, be to understand the community. And, and, and here in Leicestershire, We've got, uh, I think it is, 56 different nationalities. So, and within those nationalities, you'll have different caste systems and and, and, and cultures and, and religion. So it's about really understanding that and hopefully engaging those individuals in cricket. You know, sport, I think, is brilliant because it can be a melting pot for uh, whoever you are, you know, whatever background, whatever gender you are, Sport holds no barriers. So, so come to a game, football, cricket, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And I want that to be the case. Um, so I think I think you know what's gone on has gone on. We've now got to learn. We've got to develop. We've got to evolve uh, and and be part of it. And I think, as I sort of said, you know, I'm off to. Uh, I'm a Roman Catholic, so I gave up. Um, I gave up biscuits and chocolate for Lent. Forty days, forty nights. Brilliant. That's since gone. I've, I've put the pounds back on having done that. But I've been invited to an iftar tonight. So I'm going. Can't wait to go. Be interesting to see. Fascinating. It's part of learning and understanding. And I, 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 my, my team have been invited to another one that's been held in Leicester, Leicester in, a, in a couple of days. They'll be going to that. And when we said, well, why don't we hold one here, here at Leicestershire and give it a cricket theme? So I think, you know, things like that, again, will evolve as we go along. But the key is, is about learning all the time, engaging and learning. And we must do that. We must do that here at Leicestershire. And, you know, what I am really pleased about is some of the initiatives that we're doing. We've seen some great, great work taking shape. Of course, it's then about bums on seats and our business developing and evolving. And, and we'll see, you know, that, 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 that will evolve over a period of time. Again, it's not a flick of a switch. It's going to take uh, many, many years to sort of really develop our uh, our all inclusivity, if you like. I know Azim 
quite well. Um, I worked at Yorkshire when Asim was there, and I helped him. He came actually his his story partially broke because he came on this podcast. Um, but the I I, want, I mean, what you've just said there is great. I, I mean, you obviously talk to other people around the game. I, I I'm yet to be convinced that the entire game has really got the gravity of the situation in terms of race. Are you? Do you, can you see that from your conversation? I'm not asking you to name names of people, but can you see yeah. that from conversations you've had or do you think the game fully understands what it needs to do now? Uh, yeah, I think... No, I, th- I agree with you. I think it's still learning uh, and it's not going to happen overnight. We want it to happen quicker and there's going to be challenges along the way that that natural. Um, but I think if if leaders of the game can lead and demonstrate and not just do... And again, it's not just kind of one-offs. It's sustained programmes. It's constant. And that will just gain more and more momentum. Must never, ever... It's like us trying to generate more bums on seats. I don't care who that is, what background they are. I want a bum on a seat to support Leicestershire County Cricket Club. And it's it's how we do that. Um now I, I I I don't have the the answers. You know we we had um, we've got a, a club ambassador Nikesh Regani, so he's going to help us and educate us on how we communicate into certain audiences and uh, you know that are, 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 are arguably cricket friendly. I also want to communicate to audiences that aren't cricket friendly and say, come on, try it, experience it. If you don't like it, don't like it, but great. But I think the think the key is is to be sustained in the approach. Um, you can't just do one initiative and go, that's it, I've done it, great, tick a box, yeah. we move yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, you just can't do that. You, you've got to be at it all the time. And that's tough. That is tough. Um, but but we've, all got to, we've all got to do that. We've all got to try and drive the game forward in whatever way we can, really. Final question, Sean, and it's a pleasure to have you on the Cricket Badger podcast today. Enjoyed our chat. Um, you mentioned Loughborough um, earlier. Um, Loughborough's renowned UK-wide as being one of the centres for sport. How, how much do you work with them? How, how do you use them? How do you interact with them? And what benefits are there of having that on your doorstep? Yeah, great question. And, and yeah, you know, thank you. I, James, I've loved it. It's been, it's been uh, great to chat. And, you know, hopefully I'm trying to bring something a little bit fresh to cricket and and you know I, I, I'm I'm a bit of a challenger and Leicestershire is a challenger brand if you like we've got a bite at the heels of arguably some of the, the bigger clubs and maybe show the way in other ways but I think for me it it, it it's, it's tough it's hard but cricket has got a real bright future in in answer to your question not enough not enough it's a we've got three universities on our doorstep DMU. Leicester University and Loughborough. In the past, we've had a very good relationship with DMU, and we still have. And um, their cricket teams come down here in our indoor schools. And and I think in the past, what's happened that's been detrimental to any relationships with Loughborough or University of Leicester. Well, I've reached out to to both the University of Le- Leicester and, and, and Loughborough, and and told DMU that I'm doing this as well. And actually, you're finding that, no, no, we really want to be part of your journey. Um, yeah, we don't want to step on people's toes and this, that and the other, but there are ways in doing it. So I'm actually now having a really good dialogue with, with both the University of Leicester and Loughborough, as well as DMU, of course, about how we can, can help each other. 
And I think they've got an awful lot to offer Leicestershire County Cricket Club. And and if my plans come to fruition, hopefully in the next sort of six months, you might see one or two other exciting things that we're trying to develop and build on. So I, I can't say much more than that, but it, it is about, about building a brighter future for the club. And, and I do see the universities, Leicester, universities of Leicester uh, involved in that. Sean, bright futures. Hopefully you have one. Hopefully you have one in 2022 in the summer. The sun shines on you. Hopefully it extends beyond that as well. Thank you very much for your time today. Wish you all success on the pitch and off it as you go through the rest of this year. James, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, keep an eye out for us. We might. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do, and we, but we're heading in the right direction. We're, we're kind of analysing, leaving no stone unturned to sort of move the club forward. And who knows, we might surprise one or two people. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I will see you again very soon indeed. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.